You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hey there! Is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community, and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So welcome to church. Hey everyone, this is Benjamin Watson, tight end for the New Orleans Saints, and I can't wait to be with you on Pro Football's Biggest Weekend. I invite you to bring your friends, your family, and your co-workers to church. You'll hear inspirational stories from Demario Davis, Kirk Cousins, and Case Keenum. Like, yes, I'm over here quietly living for Jesus Christ. No, I need the world to know. I was consumed by football. You know, when it didn't come easy, um, you know, I struggled with it. I want to see lives changed for the kingdom, and I want as many people as possible to come to know the hope of the gospel. You also get to know some of the NFL players who are playing in the big game later that day. It's going to be so good, and I can't wait to experience it together with you. All right, so next Sunday, we're going to have um, Faith in Football Sunday, so uh, they never show the pastors this video until like the Wednesday before the Sunday that it's available. But we might show the whole video, might just show parts of it. But our focus is going to be on living out our faith in the public arena. So if their testimonies and faith stories, usually it's football players and their wives talking about faith, not necessarily about football. Which means if you don't even like football, you should still come and bring people because it's really encouraging and inspirational and really we need like a professional athlete to live out our public faith. And sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes people push against us. But when we have the opportunity, we should take the ball, the gospel ball, and run for Jesus. See if we can help lost people find Christ. See if we can encourage other Christians that have stumbled or are discouraged in their faith. But living out your faith in the public arena, that is next week. But we are glad that you are here. All right, so the kids are heading off to Kids Church, and we'll have communion. It is a time, usually the first Sunday of the month, but some Sunday of each month, that we have uh, time to remember what Christ has done. We're told in Scripture that as a church that we are supposed to do this in remembrance of Jesus, and uh, we do it together because we're the body of Christ. And it's so amazing to think that there's people all around the world that do this, that take communion to remember what Christ has done. And I love communion because it's just a great time to just put your everything on pause and think about where am I in my Christian journey? Where am I with my walk with Christ? Am I still moving forward? Have I fallen behind? Have I uh, walked 
away? Is there sin in my life that's getting in the way of what God could do in my life, how God could bless me, how God could help me? Is there something that I need to confess to get right with the Lord? Is it, have I never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Communion is open to everyone who has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if you haven't, you can pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. And so by receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior, then the Bible says that we become a new creation. We're adopted as children of God. We are assured heaven. Uh, We can expect our prayers to be heard and answered uh, and so many other things. Uh, The Lord will continue to help us become more like Jesus in this lifetime. So um, communion is a great time. And Paul wrote, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we'll pass out the elements. Hold on to it. I'll come back up, pray, and we'll take it together. Pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have this plan that you're working out. And part of it was for Jesus to come so that we could be saved, that we would uh, look back on his sacrifice and his provision so that we would have this ticket to heaven so that we could be right in a relationship with you. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done. Jesus, we thank you that you uh, died on that cross, that you took on our sin, that you suffered that shame, and that you died, and that you rose again that you died in our, in our place for our sin, and you rose again, and someday we will see you face to face. We're so excited. We take this, we eat. In the same way, he took that cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this, in remembrance. Do this to, to remember me as often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And that's what we look forward to is that either we'll come to the end of this life and we'll go be with Jesus, or someday Jesus will return and totally disrupt everything, make things right. But either way, we win in Jesus Christ. And this is a great time during communion to thank Him for all He's done, to praise Him for what He's doing in your life, and to um, think about ways that you can serve Him, to be uh, investing your life today in eternity. So the music will play, and I'll come back up in a minute and pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you have allowed us to live in this place at this time, to come together as a local church, to praise you, to worship you. I thank you for all that you've been doing in our lives and all that you're going to do. I thank you for protecting us from things that would destroy us and uh, for uh, empowering us and motivating us to do things that we never thought we could do on our own. So, Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done, and we look forward to your return. Help us to prepare other people around us to be ready for your for your comeback, for your return. So we take this, we drink. Amen. All right, so we're going to talk about the incredible value of the local church, and then we're going to have our annual meeting, which is going to be short because I'm going to talk about some of the church things right now. But I want to just highlight a couple things. We could do weeks about the church, the local church, but we'll just highlight a couple things here. Uh, The first thing about the church is that the church is God's plan for His creation. So the church wasn't an idea that some people had that said, hey, you know, this being Christian stuff, this is really fun. Why don't we like get together each week and like encourage each other and, you know, won't that be great? And it just kind of carried on because it was somebody's great idea. No, it was God's idea. He has a plan for the church. Uh, Jesus Christ sees the church as his bride. Uh, We'd be crazy to try to live the Christian life on our own and not be part of a local church somewhere. I know that sometimes 
church families has, have issues and sometimes somebody gets offended or sometimes you know, people walk away from churches for different reasons. But really, you're much better off being in a local body of Christ than you are off by yourself. Sure, you can worship the Lord uh, in the woods. Sure, you can watch TV church. You can, uh, some of you in the internet churches, you can even like send text messages and stuff to interact with the service and stuff. But it's nothing like being around people who know your name, people who are, that often care about you. And sometimes people in the church say, well, I went to church and I never felt connected to anybody. And sometimes those are the people that show up late and then they leave as soon as it's over and no one has an opportunity to connect with them. Sometimes you, the person that wants to feel connected to, needs to do something to try to like, go to a life group, uh, go to a, a small group where you can uh, get to know people better. But the church is really important and it was God's idea. So if you look in Ephesians 3 verse 7, it says, by God's grace and mighty power, this is Paul writing, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. And all of us in the church have been given that privilege too, the privilege to serve. We all have spiritual gifts. We need each other in the church. So we've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news, the gospel. So that's one of the things the church is about, is about sharing the gospel, making disciples, uh, that helping people to live out the Christian life and hopefully making an impact and difference in the community. Paul says, you know, I'm not, I'm not adequate for this. Verse 8, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. And you have that same opportunity too, to tell the people around you about, what, about who Christ is, what Christ has done for you, how he saved you, how he's made you a new creation to help you to live out the Christian life. You have an opportunity to tell them because sometimes they'll see people on, on TV or they'll read stuff They never know who to trust. You know, we're all skeptics. We're all critical thinkers now, right? We see news stories and we're like, is that true? Is that really true? Can I really believe that? Somebody said, well, I saw it. It was on the internet. It's like, that totally means that it could not be true or it might be true. Nobody knows. Check your facts. But the gospel is true. And when they see Christ in you, when they see Christ living in you, when they see what you used to be before you got saved and what you are now, or maybe they see that you claim to be saved and you're not perfect and uh, maybe that's good for them too because, you know, coming to Christ doesn't make us absolutely perfect in everything we do, though it does make us righteous in God's eyes. Hopefully, hopefully we are on the path to living righteously. But Paul says I'm the least deserving because the stuff is in its past. Uh, graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about, his, about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Paul writes, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mystery, mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. So this whole uh, displaying wisdom to uh, unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places, angels, the good ones and the bad ones, are amazed at what God is doing through the church, that he's brought the Jews and the Gentiles together to worship him, that he is taking sinners, imperfect people, to serve him and to make an eternal difference in the world. Uh, that he would send Jesus to cover the cost of our sin so that we would be righteous in God's eyes and be able to live the Christian life and hopefully 
the angels of heaven and the demons around are looking at your life saying, that is absolutely amazing that that person was that and now they're doing that. Or that God is using that person who wasn't most likely to succeed or not the smartest person in the room or whatever to make such a difference for the Lord, uh, to make such a difference for eternity, to make so many wins when it comes to bringing people into the kingdom of God. So number one, the church is God's plan for his creation and it's God's plan for us to be plugged in to a local church, which is why it'd be awesome if there was a local church in every community, which is what church planting is about. And the idea that uh, somebody would come into a community or new people or people in the community would, would make a church so that there would be a place for people to come and worship. And we've been here for since 2001, so that's a really long time. And, you know, when I came here, I thought we'd, I'd just show up and there'd be, you know, people would come and we'd become like the churches I had come from and that it would be easier than it is. But I look back and I see all of the stories. I see all the stories of, you know, people's lives who have been changed, people who have been to this church and moved away and still remember uh, your friendship and care. Uh, church is family. And sometimes church family is closer than biological family. But anyway, the church is God's plan for his creation. Two, God desires that you are part of a church family. So when we're part of a church family, uh, sometimes we encourage each other. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So when we come to church or a life group or when we get together, hopefully we're encouraging each other to live a Christ life, encouraging each other to live in a way that honors God, encouraging one another to keep growing, to keep serving, to keep Jesus at the forefront of our life, the priority of our life. So God desires that you are part of a church family. Now there's the universal church, which are all of the Christian churches across the globe, uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen. I tell you that you are Peter, Jesus says, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So there is the universal church, which is all of the churches, all of the Christians around the world are part of the universal church. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven. now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, guidance, and different kinds of tongues. And uh, all these different spiritual gifts uh, use rightly in their proper place. Build up the church. Build up the universal church. Everybody in a local church has different gifts to use to make that body of Christ better. And we should be part of the church. This is the universal church. And then there's the local church. We are to be actively involved in the local church. And when you look through Scripture, you see local church bodies pointed out. And I like to think of them as teams. You know, so if the goal were to play basketball, you know, if it was all about basketball, you know, one team, here's a team, there's a team, and we're all about basketball, but actually we're not. We're all about Jesus, and Jesus is the one that we want to promote. Jesus is the one that we want to see people receive as our Lord and Savior. First Corinthians 1, 2, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ and called to be his holy people. So calling out the Corinth team. Galatians 1, 2, and to the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, whoa, the Galatia team, they're pretty awesome. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, team Ephesus, getting it done. So we are team River Rock in Belle Plaine, and hopefully we're on the map when angels think of, you know, what God's doing. That's amazing. It really is amazing that we've come here, set up this church, take it all apart every Sunday, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, 
whether it's cold in here or whether it's hot in here, um, that we've been doing it for all these years faithfully. And you've been doing it all these years faithfully. I actually bragged to some of my pastor friends the other day that my church is so awesome that we are like the, Israel, the children of Israel uh, wandering through the desert. Uh, because we had our Christmas party, and you were all sitting and talking to each other and building gingerbread houses and everything. And I knew that the custodian wanted us out of here by, I think it was 8.30. And I didn't even say a word. I didn't say, hey, people, we need to be out of here by 8.30. I didn't say anything. All I did is I moved a little garbage can, and I started to pick up one thing. And you all picked up on that, and everybody started picking stuff up. And within 20 minutes, we were totally cleaned up, packed up, and out the door I didn't even say a word. You just saw like, I don't know if I was the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire or what, but you like took my lead and did it all. And another thing I bragged about is that because you guys are so awesome after church, I haven't picked up chairs for a really long time in this place. I get to go talk to people at the door and you make it happen. And so we don't have a building. We have land. We'd love to have a building, but I'm just so proud of Team River Rock because they know how to get it done. And there's not whiners and complainers, at least not that come to me directly that say, you know, it really stinks that we have to set up and tear down all the time. But nonetheless, actively involved in our local church, God desires you to be part of a church family. So Acts 2.42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And you read that and you're like, "Uh, what just happened? Uh, Why are they doing that? How come we're not doing all that right now? Well, At Pentecost, there were like 120 followers of Jesus, and then all of a sudden there were 3,000. And they had come from all different places to be at this great celebration, and now they're going to have to go home. But they decided to stay over, and they were uh, being taught, they were being uh, equipped so they could go back to where they live and tell people about Jesus. So the young church saw this happen and then said, we need to provide for these people's needs. Look at all of these people that God has saved. God's doing a great thing. How are we going to feed them? How are we going to house them? What are we going to do? We need some resources. And somebody's like, you know what? I got this house. I'll sell it. I'll bring you the money. I'll bring you all the money because uh, we just want to keep this thing going, make it happen. God's doing something great. So I'm going to sell this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this because God is doing something great. And I would think that if there was a real need, a specific need, that you would step up to the plate too. Sometimes when people call and they say they don't have any food, you step up to the plate. Sometimes when people have other needs, you step up to the plate and care. Now, why don't we, why don't we all just sell everything we have and bring it to the church right now? Well, we're probably going to be here a while and we need some of that stuff. And uh, so it's kind of a different time, but we should invest in the kingdom, which is a point in the future. But God desires that you're part of a church family. A church family cares for each other and even makes sacrifices sometimes to provide needs. So God desires that you're part of a church family. Number three, a local church can create eternal lifelong relationships. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Uh, I've got a list in my head of people that I know from uh, past churches and from this church that have moved away, that still call in times of need and like want to hear about the church. Some people listen to our audio when it's online, Um, but some of the best relationships, lifelong relationships, are ones that we made in the church. 
because we're brothers and sisters in Christ and we have created a bond, a bond where we care for each other and we're like brothers and sisters in Christ. Number four, the local church is a great place to grow and to help others grow. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread and to prayer. A great place to be in a life group, a great place to grow together. Uh, sometimes when you come to church on Sunday, sometimes the pastor or worship leader or somebody shares something that you needed to hear. Sometimes they don't say anything you needed to hear, but you're here and you rub shoulders with somebody that needed that connection or you make a friendship or people see you and know that you're a contact person for the church if they have a need in the future. But nonetheless, we grow in Christ. We help others grow. Uh, Our church offers things like Right Now Media and other resources like that to help you find the answers to those felt needs that you might not feel comfortable calling about or those felt needs that you might not feel that um, you want to come talk to a pastor or you don't want to wait for that small group to start to talk about that topic. So there's lots of stuff on Right Now Media that you could watch. They have like 20,000 videos. I'm pretty sure that someone out there has addressed whatever struggle or need that you have. So number five, a local church is the best investment of all God has given you. So verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. So they're caring, they're sharing. Now in our local church structure, uh, we need resources to keep moving forward. So we need resources to rent this place and uh, for all the things to keep the church happening. So uh, as God gives you the ability to make money, you should give some of it back to Him as an act of worship. You should give it back. And so we often talk about tithes and offerings. So we're not legalistic on Old Testament tithing, though the idea of giving the first fruits of your of what God gives you to the Lord is a great way to be blessed. The idea that when you give back to God, God can bless your finances and you show as an act of worship something tangible that you're doing to worship God. So we encourage you to give and we call it tithes. But you know, some of you, uh, 10% might be tough. Maybe you need, uh, when we were talking about or thinking about tithing, we were asking the pastors of our big church um, and they're like, well, give a little and when you have more faith, you can give more. So some people that have a lot, you know, for them to just give 10% would be like a drop in the bucket. So it's not really about the percentage. It's about what God has blessed you with. And you need to figure out how much you need to use for yourself and then how much you can give back to ministry and caring and sharing, helping others. But the local church is the best investment of all God has given you. To invest your time, to invest your treasures, to invest your life is a great thing. Your talents, time, treasures, and talents. So invest that in the local church. And number six, a local church can make a difference in their community and the world. Acts 2.47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So in the Acts 2.42 church, uh, people saw what was going on, and they're like, man, that's amazing. I want to be part of that. And people see what's going on in our lives, and a lot of people are like, that's amazing. I want to be part of that. I want to help. I want to, um, some people that don't even go to this church uh, have donated money to our church land. It's exciting that our church land is almost paid for, so now we just need to figure out how to put a building out there at the right time. But a local church can make a difference in their community in the world. Right after Christmas, I was called on to um, help with that suicide, uh, anti-suicide group for the kids and the parents, and um, that was a God thing, and I was blessed that the community saw me as a resource. Uh, that saw me as the pastor of the little church who meets at the school 
and asked if I could come and speak to them, and God helped me to pull together a team to make it a great day. I hope I'll never have to do that again, because that's never an issue again, but it is good to be seen as a church that's making a difference in the community and the world. We give to the Great Commission Fund, which is for missions around the world, so hopefully our investment is helping make a difference in the world. We put the stuff we say here on Sunday online. I'm not even sure if it's that good. Sometimes the sound quality is not very good. Need to work on that. But some people listen to it. I'm not really sure who the fans are in Asia. I'm not really sure who's listening to it in Europe. So every now and then, someone even listens to it from Africa, which is, doesn't happen very much. But uh, people are listening. So we can make a difference in the world that way. You can go online and connect with people, share Christ, make a difference that way. But a local church can make a difference in their community in the world. So we have a new district superintendent at the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which is the group that we're a part of, and his name is Dan. So he's new, and he's taken over for Don, who was the guy. He had come here before. When I got ordained, he came here. I really like him. He actually reminds me of David Jeremiah, the past district superintendent. I don't know much about Dan, but Dan is really into leadership, and he gets the churches together and gets them all excited about the future. And so I'm excited, Team River Rock, to plug into what the district and what the Christian and Missionary Alliance is doing as a movement. And I was going to share this in the annual meeting, but I'll share it with you right now. Dan wants to remind us that our target as a church, our target as a group, is every man, woman, and child. That Jesus made clear that he wanted all people to have an opportunity to hear and respond to his offer of redemption. So God cares about all people and he wants them saved. So that's our target. What are, who are we trying to reach? Everybody. Connecting people of all ages to Christ so that they can live well lives, worshiping, encouraging, learning, and loving. That's what that live life well thing is over there. So, so Dan, is, he, he wasn't on the well bandwagon, but uh, not yet. I'll win him over. But nonetheless, our target, every man, woman, and child. Number two, our mandate to be the light of the world. John 9, 5 and Matthew 5, 14 articulate a transition by which the people of God become light bearers in the world. We are profoundly responsible for the advance of light into darkness. We are called to push back darkness wherever it may be found in our circle of influence. Push back. Don't let the world run off with what we value, with what we believe, with what we hold important, with how we want to serve Christ and the religious freedom that we have. We need to be a light in the darkness and we need to push back when people try to take those freedoms from us or try to take Christ out of, try to, try to dim our light. So our mandate. Number three, our path forward to develop God-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered leaders. The commission is to make disciples. Great commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 was a command to invest deeply and constantly in the development of holistic, God-centered, Holy Spirit-filled leaders. So we're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to baptize them too, but our path forward. So number four, he lays out some objectives over the next 10 years and I was wondering how many points Team River Rock could put on the board when he's got so the, the development of 30 to 50 new kingdom environments in the North Central District. So maybe that's a church plant or maybe that's some kind of ministry. Right now there's this huge missions opportunity in Bloomington that you can actually show up and serve in their mission there as a short-term mission experience. Uh, different types of kingdom environments. Maybe it's a church, maybe it's not, but something's drawing people to Christ and making disciples. Uh, the holistic renewal of 300 national churches that are currently experiencing plateau or decline. So there's like 2,000 churches right now here in the United States. There's a bunch in Canada, a ton around the world. But they're like, let's 
do what we can to renew 300 churches in the nation that are experiencing plateau or decline. Uh, and then the development in partnership with others of 3,000 holistically trained, God-centered, Holy Spirit-filled leaders. How many of those could we raise up? Between the kids, between us, between the people around us, could, we, could Team River Rock bring some of the 3,000? Could God use us to put some points on the board of not just people who have gotten saved, but people who are being trained up for leadership? And we've got Crown College out there, not too far away, you know, 30 minutes away is a resource. Uh, there's online stuff. What can we do to develop trained leaders to make a difference in the next 10 years? They want 3,000. Could we do 30? Could we come up with 30? Could Team River Rock come up with 30 of these trained up leaders, Holy Spirit filled leaders? So, and then he's got the culture uh, he wants us to create in our district a shared expectation that God is up to something good, a shared urgency around the mission to bring light into dark places, a shared commitment to see every man, woman, and child have an opportunity to hear and to respond to the gospel, and a shared passion to pursue, listen, and obey the Holy Spirit. And I look at, you know, what he wants the teams of the churches to do, and I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Let's Team River Rock, let's, let's make that happen. Let's be part of that. Let's do more in our budget to give back to the district operating budget to help them have the money to do that. Let's do more to um, at least pray for or encourage Crown College and Big Sandy Camp and Comma Services and missionaries to the Great Commission Fund. Uh, let's raise up some missionaries or become missionaries. Uh, we talk about missions all the time. I think that somebody around here is going to rise up and become a missionary that's going to do great things for God. Sometimes I look at the kids that we have here and I think to myself that someday I'm going to be on the steps of the retirement home. Maybe it's the Christian and Missionary Alliance one in, Port, in like Florida. They've got a really nice one in Florida. Anyway, and I'll be uh, on the rocking chair and I'll be like, ah, I knew, fill in the name, I don't want to fill anybody's name right now, but some of the kids that have been come through this church, you know, they'll be doing great things for God. And I'll be like, I remember when he was young. I knew, and then listing the names of these people that are doing great things for God. So what an awesome opportunity we have. So what can we do right now? One, we can pray and serve. Two, we can support the district operating fund. And two, or three, we can train up leaders to change the world. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church, 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.